We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's time to smoke that vault pack today. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Juan Daniels, Kobe Pierce, coming at you hot and heavy on this Monday morning, or lunchtime, I should say. Guys, um, so about this number one team, uh, anybody want to care to explain what the hell happened there? Juan, you, you want to go first? Well, I, you know, I, I told everybody that would listen. I told everybody, I, I preached it from the mountaintops, that Tennessee has not played uh, against a team like Georgia. I mean, they, they haven't faced that defense. Everybody on Tennessee's schedule that they blew out or that they were, they were beating, we would beat them hands down. I mean, it was not even close. And then that, the, the, the thing that should have tipped you off was that Pitt game. When, they, when Pitt took Tennessee into overtime – I already knew that Tennessee were pretenders and uh, there's no way that we would be able to, to even, you know, make it a close game against Pitt. We would have blown them out of the water. Yeah. I, I just think that we really go back to, to talking about, like we talked about last week that 20, it just had that feeling of that 2017 Auburn game of everybody's talking about you, a second year head coach really, um, you know, talking about how great you are, you could be the best team in the country, and, and you hear all that for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks. And and coaches can say, oh, we don't listen to that, we ignore all that. That's fine. But it's like Kirby said in his post-game press conference, what's the first thing those kids run to after a game? This right here. They're running to this, running to Twitter, running to see what was said about me today, what's said about us today, and all they've heard is, Y'all beating the first team to beat Alabama in all these years. And y'all might be national championship contenders. And then they really came into the King's house. And they learned really quick that there's a long way to climb that mountain before you're at the top. See, I feel like Kobe could run to his phone. Juan, you probably ran to the uh, the Alexander Graham Bell special. Um, um, I actually uh, did hieroglyphics. And, oh, uh, Juan had to wait. Juan had to wait for the Morse code to be translated. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, Juan, and, and, Daniels, 
horse, and then, and then send that, the <laughs> send that through the pigeon, you know, carrier pigeon. So it, it took a while to get there. Caveman make fire. Uga, uga, uga. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, listen, obviously our show Wednesday. After that, though, there was a lot more rat poison, if you will, going into Tennessee's veins. Um, Eric Ainge uh, decided to make the mistake of the century. Um, I obviously, Listen, obviously he has apologized, but you don't do that stuff, man. You're going – listen, 07, 06, whatever, I forgot what year it was. It's an entirely different environment, entirely different culture. Boy, oh boy, did uh, did uh, dog fans and you know all across the all across Sanford Stadium, Kobe, you were in there. Listen, they, I went over to a friend's house. They were, they were Bama fans, and they caught a different side of me from the time I walked through their door. The first thing I said, legitimately, the first thing I said was, "We're about to show y'all how to beat UT." First thing I said, I left. The last thing I said was, "Told you so." Um, listen. I was in rare form. That, that was the first time they had seen me open up to a level that I was. I mean, probably because the games that we played before that I was over there wasn't. Listen, Auburn, come on. Come on. A lot different than this game Saturday. Um, which, speaking of Bama, we're going to talk about them in just a little bit too. So stay tuned on that. It's a whole different subject. Uh, Mike D says Sanford Stadium was wild. Um uh, Apparently, Pat says he only apologized because he got trashed. It was not sincere. Of course, dude, he's a Tennessee Vol fan. They don't even know what that means. Don't say sincere. They might not know how to spell it either. Um, listen, they had it coming. All week, they had it coming. So, from here on out, this is what you get. This is what happens when the number one team comes, you know, you come to the number one team. You get your ass whipped. Listen, you can sit there, and I've heard it, I've heard it since Saturday. Oh, the rain did this. The rain changed everything. We were beating your ass. We were we were scoring more points. We were doing the Tennessee stuff before the rain stopped. The rain helped us out, by the way. It helped y'all out. It saved y'all from even more of an ass whipping. That's all I'm going to say. Because I don't see things changing uh, even without the rain. I the think moment, I, mean, the I think it would have been the moment the rain fell, we went into the we went into the shell, went into went into safe mode, and went into get out of here without anybody getting hurt or anything going crazy. Run the ball, bleed clock, kick a couple field goals, and let's get to the house. I, listen, you couldn't have drew it up any better because once the rain started coming down, the anaconda tightened up real fucking tight, real tight. And, and and we saw that on full display because let's be honest, as much as Tennessee fans want to sit there and say that, oh, yeah, it was only a 14-point loss, this, the rain changed everything, this and that, I don't think they understand that maybe they maybe they didn't pay attention or maybe they weren't watching the same game or something, Juan, Kobe. We only threw the ball four times in the second half. Four times. One, two, three, four for y'all dumbass ball fans that can't count. Four four times that we passed the ball and still we we had what Stetson had 250 plus yards three total touchdowns oh yeah by the way hey guys good luck trying to call him again uh shows your dumbass fan base know what to do um regardless though listen 
dominating defense, dominating offense, right? I think the narrative coming into this game was, can Georgia's defense stop the offense? Um, of course you can. Uh, if Listen, I saw what I saw Saturday, and from what I saw, there was no question, period. Yeah, I, I, if you look at it, you know, my biggest thing is containing Hyatt. They did an excellent job of, of containing Hyatt. They got Malachi the fucking starts. Six, six sacks. Six sacks. I mean, you know, and, and this is supposed to be this high-profiled, super-duper, unbelievable offense, and all you can do is score 13 points. So the other thing, too, the other stat I think was fantastic is Tennessee and Oregon are the highest-scoring offenses by average in the nation, and you gave up to both teams a total of 16 points. <laughs> 16 points. So that goes say back that, to, to the, the question that was asked last week. And that's what I said. I said, we'll see after this week. Is is Georgia's defense just as good as it was, you know, as, as the one from last year? You know, man, it it is it is pretty outstanding. And and you know, Tennessee was not hitting on all cylinders like they were um you know, they, they were hitting on all cylinders this year, but not like they were last year. We only gave up 17 points. But for them to be as high profile, to have this Heisman Trophy candidate uh, quarterback, and you only give up 13 points, our defense is outstanding. Which leads me to believe this, guys. I think there's a serious question here. Which defense is more dominant and which – do you look at last year or do you look at this year now? After seeing what we saw Saturday, I think there's a legit question to be that could be debated. Which defense is scarier? And, and honestly, listen, honestly, I'm starting to think that potentially, right, when things are all said and done and when everything's done, and, you know, whatever, this, this year's defense could be even better than last. Now, hear me out. I'm, listen, hear me out. You, you lose five first-rounders on the defense. I get it. But what we're able to do now, we're doing it in different ways, and we're shutting down everything, whereas last year we were kind of limited to what we could do. But it also stems to the offense. The offense is able to do whatever it wants, It literally whatever it wants. I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, at one point I saw our average first down yards per play on first down was over 10. That means every on first down, every single snap was a first down in theory, right? We were getting 10 yards plus every first down. That is stupid. That's stupid. To all these, listen, to all these media folks all week, Georgia deserves an apology. Whether you give it to us or not, I don't give a shit. But do not disrespect the dogs. It's that simple because we're just showing you it's we're on we're on the track for a repeat because I don't see another team as complete as Georgia right now. And if y'all want to explain a team that might be in that realm, let me know because I'm here for it. There's there's not, and um, it, it it it's it's crazy because do I think that we can match up against Alabama? Absolutely, and I actually predicted us to go go you know 13 and 0 and then go to the go to the playoffs. I'd be lying if I said that I weren't you know, that I wasn't mad or that I wasn't upset that Alabama will not be you know in that talk anymore. I mean they're they're gone, they're absolutely eliminated, and they're going to have a tough game against Ole Miss this week, um, you know for 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 them. But we don't we won't see 
you know, we won't see Alabama. We won't have to deal with them. So our path to a national championship has just, you know, gotten that much better. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely on a year like this year, it would have been a nice year to kind of put to bed again the, oh, well, you know, you only beat us because we're, we're missing – two of our best receivers, you know, it, it would have been another, another, oh, it would have been another good time to have seen that, that, you know, we can beat Nick Saban multiple times, no matter what um, team you put out on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, you know, based off of how Tennessee handled Alabama, at least offensively, there's no way that, you know, they would have been able to, to, to score and do things on our defense. I mean, they struggled against LSU's defense. Our defense is 10 times better than, than LSU's. So. And they, and they struggled containing the tight end. Talk about, <laughs> talk about a problem. If you struggle containing, you know, LSU's tight end, who's a good tight end. A freshman. Yeah. A freshman. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's a really good player, but yeah. we got three of those guys. Yep. You know, I mean, good luck. And, yeah. It always does my heart happy just talking about good tight ends. Hearing Jordan Rogers all week just dog us about how this offense isn't explosive. Like they their crutch is their tight end. They lean on the tight end too heavy. They don't they haven't had a receiver in 28 quarters, catch a pass over 30 yards, and then it's just like eat all of that at one yeah. time. Too Mad much to process. Too Mad much to process. Did a, they did a great job. Um you know, so again, it was just more along the lines of will Stetson take care of the ball? He did that. Will we contain Hyatt? We did that. And, uh, you know, we were able to run the football. And, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, it, it just tells you what type of a team that we are. You know, Tennessee goes up three nothing. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a big time fumble by, you know, by, by one of our guys. And, you know, they were just like, yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. We got you. I mean, if you look at it, one, we really had a couple of turnovers, both fumbles. Um, and if you watch Stetson, it was like, in my opinion, that just means they were extremely confident in the defense. They were extremely confident in everything, in all facets of the game, uh, which leads me to this. I want to I wanna get y'all's question. I want to get y'all's takes here. Play of the game. Uh, in my opinion, I'm going to start off with this because I want to get this out of the way first. Brett Thorson, the booming onion. My God, what a punt. What a punt. Honestly, I think that was the momentum changer for the rest of the game. And that you, you, you want to know what's important? You want to know what, what I noticed the most about, about that punt, and, and dog fans will enjoy this? Nylon Green absolutely busting his nuts off to get to that ball. The ball's going to go out of bounds at the one, anyways. But he is hauling as the field side gunner to get there. He's he had the longest run of anybody to get there. And he make he does make it as the ball's going out of bounds. But it's like he's only playing special teams right now. And it matters to him. Like those are the kind of guys that Kirby's recruiting, that Kirby's keeping on campus. It's just like he said in the postgame presser, we took nobody out of the portal because he has who he wants right now. He has guys that want to be there, that want to be at Georgia, that want to play for Georgia. And and that guy's going to have to wait probably till next year to play significant snaps on the defense, but he wants it. 
Oh, no doubt. And you, you know, we all know how Kirby values special teams play. And that, I'm listen, I guarantee you that is going to be checkmarked in Kirby Smart's notebook of thoughts right there um, moving forward. But listen, some of the best plays of the game were from our secondary, right? We, we knew that we had a better secondary than last year, but my goodness, they came to fucking play. You had Javon Bullard playing absolutely lights out. But we thought – I think I may have even said this. I thought Keely Ringo could be a liability in this, depending on how things played out. He proved me wrong. Listen, I thought Keely Ringo scored a damn touchdown, receiving touchdown, with how well he ran that route for uh, Tillman. You could not run a coverage that better again. He ran it perfectly on that pick. It was It was insane – how these guys were playing that lights out the entire time. It's that simple. It, it's insane. I'm here for it, though, because you had guys – The key, I think the key to our victory here, we talked about as well, open field tackling, one-on-one tackling, wrapping up. This defense was silly how well they did those things, and ultimately it just stopped Tennessee from being able to do anything. It's just point blank. They couldn't do anything. So I'm looking at it in a sense of like, good luck trying to. If you want to try this again, good luck. I don't think it's a, it ain't going to change nothing. It won't at all, for that matter. Uh, Michael B says, uh, did you also notice who was on special teams that play? JDJ, Brock, Arian, I believe Smile. Yeah, dude, the best players play on special teams. Special teams. Um, let's talk about this, guys. False starts. We heard Eric Ainge say. Prior to the game, that it was over, uh, Sanford Stadium was overrated. Vols won't have an issue. A uh, bunch of Vol fans saying that, oh, our offense is too fast that we can mitigate this, you know, mitigate the noise. Even Heichel himself said that he just didn't think noise was going to be an issue. Yeah. And boy, were they wrong. Uh, like I said, dude. Dog Nation probably gets the best game ball, which we're about to do in just a second. Game ball goes to damn Dog Nation. Hundred, I want to say 132. Um, Kobe, if I'm not mistaken, they were showing on the board 132. I've heard even uh, I don't I know. I can't. See, I want to see an official. I want something official to come out. I saw Harry Dog put out today like 133 and some change. Um, Mike Mike D saying 134 in the in the brigade right now. What? Kirby put it best. It was deafening. And Ooh. and what is more deafening than deafening? I mean, you could uh, not hear. Even Hyatt said it affected him. I mean, Hyatt, yeah. Hyatt came out and admitted that the noise affected them. You, sure. Listen, you can prepare. I don't care how much you prepare. That noise at a sustained rate, I want to say a sustained rate of like 125. Dude, I guarantee you their ears are still ringing today. Yeah. And, and that's equivalent to the, to the Neyland Stadium. I mean, you know – you, you always know that you know when you go to Tennessee Stadium, they they start screaming from the time that the coin is flipped, and and so we actually gave them a taste of their own medicine to see you know what that's like to 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 have that you know. <laughs> Mike Dudley said he was on the 600 levels, folks. That's the top of Sanford Stadium, about where the uh, lights are, if you will. No, I think that's above there. the flags. I think that's above where the flags are. <laughs> My man was. I guarantee if you go back CBS shooting, you see the shot of the national title flag, Mike D's just sitting there hanging on to it. <laughs> yeah. 
peeking through the clouds. I mean, he, he was up there. That's in, the lightning, that's in the lightning strike zone when it starts yeah, raining. Yeah. That's when you're like, ah. I need to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. But, no, yeah, listen, though, we, we talked about that, right? Like, you know, Kirby called it out. He, he told it. He called on the dogs basically saying, hey, we need y'all to be loud. By God, did they answer the call, dude? You're sitting there watching that game on TV, and you're just like, holy shit. Like, like just watching it on TV, let alone in the stadium, and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> you know, listen, also, uh, we don't mic the crowd. We don't do that at all. So that is all natural, folks. Oh, that's your owl. Yes, sir. Uh, listen, I want to do this. Let's give our game balls, all right? I think it's easily – acceptable that you get one game ball right one game ball goes to the crowd because that had a huge impact on the game so i think mike said 10 false starts uh illegal procedures all these different types of penalties that made a difference and when you caught when we're about to talk about this when we when we sacked the quarterback uh one of six times it was it got stupid loud so you have to give the first game ball to the crowd kobe i'm gonna let you start who is your game ball going to um, I think uh, I mean we talked about it. Definitely, I think just Keely Ringo answered the answered the call. I mean he he had a really good year last year as a sophomore, and not that he I wouldn't even say has struggled this year. That would not be the word I would put. But like we've talked about, his confidence almost in phase with the runner has has just not been there. We saw it against I think Vanderbilt. We saw it again against Florida where he's running step for step with a receiver. And it's almost like when the ball's in the air, he he tended to panic. And all of a sudden, in that panic, he jumped. Instead of knowing, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm right where I'm supposed to be, just play the ball. And you saw him do that perfectly. On, the, on his interception, he's running step for step with their receiver. And then the end, he actually is outrunning their receiver to the ball. In the middle of the play, he goes from DB to receiver, and their receiver goes from receiver to DB, and he's running to go catch that touchdown, and he does. And 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 that's the kind of player he is. He's big, he's physical, and he's fast. And I just think that he had a, a big game. You know, they still threw a couple comeback routes on him. He made some big tackles, and we really just played contain on, you know, not letting them take the top off. But Keeler Ringo gets my game ball. Michael B says it seems as they preferred to attack Keeley instead of Kamari. That was interesting. Um, you know, listen, we talk, you know, there's a lot to go on there, defensive scheming and everything. You looked at Malachi and Kamari playing the boundary where Hyatt was most of the time. Uh, and it seemed like, you know, Tillman was matched up with Keeley. Like I said, you can't run a better route to you know in coverage that Keeley did on that pick. Um so, you know, it makes sense. Listen, there's a lot of game balls that you can give out. But Juan, who are you giving your game ball to? I'm, I'm giving it to the defense. Um, you know, again, whole unit. you're saying whole unit, the whole unit. But I mean, but there's there's a couple of reasons. Number one, you've got the second highest scoring team in the nation and they you only give up 13 points. Um, and, and then for six sacks, I mean, you, you this is a, you know, a, a, a big time offense. They usually get the ball out pretty quick. I've never I, I, I said last week that um you know, that uh, Hooker looked, you know, you know, kind of confused. He looked a little bit kind of rattled or not necessarily like he knew what to do against Kentucky. So I knew for a fact that, you know, when he played against us, it was going to be bad. And for him to go down six times for that defense to play absolutely lights out 
I mean, they they played lights out. Yeah, I mean, you had Jalen Carter in the end zone. Jalen, you know, Jalen Carter was a menace. Uh, Javon Bullard, like I said, played lights out. You have, you know, Keeley with the pick. You the defense was swarming. Malachi Starks, good lord, the closest speed on Malachi Starks, not getting caught in between run, you know, run help and, and you know getting beat over top. We didn't see that. And it saved a lot. Also, there was a – if you notice, the defensive line was one of their one-on-ones getting pressure, uh, getting bodies at, into uh, Hendon Hooker, causing them to sell some of those passes. Um, listen, there were times where our DBs got just a little bit behind, one step behind, but the defensive pressure up front forced the ball to sell. And if you notice, a lot of those were selling. Uh, and that was a continual problem, right? They couldn't get anything going deep shots. But also, we were able to stuff the run. So overall, defense, like I said, like you said, Juan, willing and deserving really makes sense, 100. Uh, percent As far as game balls for me, though, give God, I'm going offense, though, guys. I'm going offense. Um, give me the offensive line. I want to give it to Stetson because he earned it. I want to give it to Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint because he earned it. But give me the offensive line coming in and keeping Stetson. Crystal clear, you know, that, listen, that red jersey did not look dirty at all. Um, no sacks allowed. You have Broderick Jones looking like a damn man possessed. I don't know if y'all remember in the second half, it pouring down rain, uh, the lad McConkey catch and run um, off that little screen. You see Broderick Jones coming in the picture right before him and just plowing the two de- uh, the two defenders. You know, things like that go a long way to me. Uh, you, Like I said, you allowed Setson to have the pocket, to hit the deep balls that we were been waiting to see happen. We were waiting for these deep balls to connect, and boy, did they ever. Arian Smith making a play, um, Lad McConkey going off against a team that thought he was too small. It's just, it's just poetic justice. My goodness. My goodness. Um, yeah, so my, I'm, giving the, I'm giving the entire offensive line um, a game ball, period. Kept him clean. You can't ask for a better game against them, especially when they tried to get, you know, to get to the um, quarterback and you just couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. And you dominated up front, allowing the run game to take off. So shots, uh, shout outs there. What do y'all say we talk about college football playoff, though? Because there's a lot that happened. and I want to talk about that. Yeah, um, let's, before, let's take before we wrap this part up, though, I, I do have to say I, I saw one sign that that cracked me up. Um, and it just said, I hope that, uh, I hope that Hendon, I'm uh, sorry, I hope that Hooker likes it doggy style. And it was D-A-double-G, or sorry, D-A-W-G-Y, doggy style. I, I, I thought that was clever. And uh, that's, that's, how he took it. that's how he took it. Yeah, one, one sports culture right there, doggy style. It's simple. It's that <laughs> simple. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. we got a lot to talk about the college football playoff scenario, how it's shaping up. And we're also going to give you our our – CFB poll. So stick around after this and we'll come back and talk college football playoffs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks. Tennessee was not the only one to take an L. God, if you're a Georgia fan, you're loving this because here this list of L's. Obviously, Tennessee, Bama lost in overtime to LSU, and the Taters, they lost too, right? They lost too. So the entire, I guess you could say the entire playoff picture is up for grabs right now, and it's it's just a chaotic clusterfuck, basically. Uh, listen, Georgia asserted themselves as the number one team in the country. I think you could argue Michigan and Ohio State being in that same realm in two or three range. But who to make a four, right? So what we're going to do here, first off, what happened with Bama? I, I just don't get it. I, I do get it, but did you see it happening? I didn't see it. Now, I will tell you one thing I didn't see, guys. I did not see Clemson getting manhandled the way that they did. I, I thought that there could have been a struggle game. I did not expect that kind of blowout. Uh, what are y'all's takeaways on the Bama and Clemson losses? Well, it's funny because, you know, if you watch college game day and then everybody was saying that there were two teams that were on an upset alert and that was Clemson, which I thought, no, there's no way. And then they said, you know, Alabama going down into, you know, into Baton Rouge. And, and sure enough, um, that happened. I did not expect Notre Dame to manhandle Clemson the way that they did. I mean, that was that was pretty bad. Um, and this is a team that lost to um, Marshall, and they also lost to a, a, a bad Stanford team. And then they go up there and dominate the, you know, supposed number four team in the, you know, in, in the playoffs, which I, I just kind of felt like Clemson was overrated. There's no way that they should even have been there in the first place, and they got exposed. Ooh, Kobe, what do you say, sir? I'm just happy because all we heard all offseason was this could be, on paper, the best Alabama team that Nick Saban has ever coached. And they have lost two games, and they've also played in two other games that have been a one-score affair. So, at some point, it, it not saying – and I think people are quick, oh, the dynasty's over, the dynasty's over, you know, the king is dead. Um, but it, it just definitely – you know, Alabama fans aren't used to it. They're not used to last year losing to, you know, former assistants. That streak died two losses in a year. You're not used to losing to Georgia in a national championship. And then you're not used to losing to Tennessee this year. You haven't lost to them in 15 years. And, you know, you're not used to use, used to losing down in Baton Rouge, and you've lost there too. And, and your season's not over, like Juan said. I mean, you still have to play Ole Miss this week that – that, you know, God forbid Lane Kiffin and his social media beats beats Nick. I mean, he, he, he'll drag that for a long time. It'll be uh, the – oh, God, it'll be the best job ever. It'll be hoodies, hoodies at galore. I mean, I don't oh. even know what all the merch Lane could sell doing that. But, 
He won't shut up. It'll be a whole off season of him not shutting up. I can't um, be mad about it because I'm not here for it. But I'm here for it. Clemson, Clemson, we all hate Clemson though. Just like not hate, but uh, I don't know. It You're, you get annoyed Clemson, with them easily. The, the little, the we're little Clemson, and we just hope we can compete with the big SEC. Gets old, and and. They they squeak by. Oh, Syracuse so good. Well, they're a three loss team. Oh, NC State so good. Well, no, they're not actually either. And then you have you know you roll into Notre Dame and Notre Dame's not great. I mean, like Juan said, they lost to Marshall. They lost a a pretty bad Stanford team. And um, you know you just got embarrassed, honestly. Oh, a, a roster full of five star athletes, a defense that's supposed to be all world. You just got embarrassed. Yep. Oh, real real quick, I know we were talking about game balls for the uh you know for for the game. My other game ball goes to Ruse for for making an appearance. He had a video in the chat. So if you're if you're not in our chat, he actually made an appearance, man. So it was it was good to see you, Ruse. My man. I'm just gonna let you know this. Also, we're gonna shit out here. Uh Jared Ashton Daniels with two rushing Stanford, uh, future QB one right there. Uh, got to be a proud, <clears throat> excuse me, got to be a proud moment for one. Um, yeah, but let's let's go do this. Let's do this, folks. Here are the DG, here's the DGD college football playoff as we had it. Right, we'll start off with one through six. You're gonna love this, folks. Georgia, number one, where we've always been and should always stay. Uh, we're gonna flip. Michigan and Ohio State. We're going to flip them. So number two is Michigan. Number three is Ohio State. Number four, Tennessee. Uh, sorry, TCU. My fault. TCU coming in at four. Oregon Ducks at five. And those Vols at six. Guys, I think that's a good good top six there. Just going to leave that there. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I think that um... – Michigan right now is a better football team than Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State playing a, a Northwestern team that was one and seven, and they pretty much struggled with them the whole game. That was uh, that, that was just kind of inexcusable. Um, and and I think that when they play Michigan, I think Michigan kind of runs over them. But that 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 that's for another time. But Listen, uh, even in even in a monsoon though, you need to be able to run the ball if you want to be a top two top team. Yep. Period. I just they gotta, I just think after watching football this year, we're through nine games now. Um, I just think, you know, we, we all know we're one, but I think Michigan has the next most complete-looking team. They can throw the ball. They can run the ball. They have a quarterback who is a good quarterback. They have a running back who is in Heisman talks. I mean, they have a solid offensive line, and they play above-average defense. I mean, I think they're like, the third or fourth in like scoring defense behind us and maybe Illinois, um, you know they they look they look even better than maybe the Michigan team that we beat last year does. Are they quite on our level still? Probably not. But to me, they're they're a clear two over Ohio State, who really kind of tends to be a one trick pony, kind of like Tennessee. Ooh, all right. So what we're gonna do here? We're gonna finish out here. So we we gave you the top six. So you're looking at seven. You're looking at the Tigers, the Bayou Bengals, and LSU. Come on off that win. Listen, deserving there. Uh, number eight, 
USC Trojans, nine, UCLA Bruins, 10, Ole Miss, 11. Finally here, Alabama's name called at 11. We're going 12, Utah, 13, North Carolina, 14, Penn State, all the way down to 15, you're looking at Clemson. That loss is inexcusable. Uh, 16, Tulane, 17, Liberty. Uh, speaking of Liberty, also beating Arkansas. Uh, didn't really see that coming. 18, NC State. 19, the Longhorns of Texas. Illinois coming in at 20. Entering the CFP poll at 21, Notre Dame, folks. Yes, Notre Dame. 22, UCF. 23, Kansas State. 24, after this ass-whipping, Florida State enters uh, the CFP poll. And rounding out the top, uh, the top 25 is Washington Huskies. Um, here's some – I want to hear y'all's thoughts real quick, guys. What are some spots that y'all thought were pretty interesting and, and justifications for why? I'm looking at it this way, guys. <clears throat> we have to put Notre Dame and Florida State into this situation. Listen, I understand Miami's terrible, but 45-3 to three is, is, is an ass-whipping, right? It's a pure ass-whipping. But also, they've played good football. So putting Florida State in wasn't too difficult. Um, and also, Notre Dame, if, listen, we, we want to give Notre Dame shit for the three losses. But outside of that, they've played some good football as of late. They really have. So dominating – go ahead. I think your big thing is uh, I think those those rankings for both of them, you know, Notre Dame at 21, like it, when it comes out, they may be closer to 24, 25, sneaking in kind of. But you have to reward big wins. And to me, you, you're looking at Florida State beat LSU. And, and honestly, should have beat them by 10. It should not have been a one-point game the way it was. Um, and, and to say that LSU's kind of bounced back and, and, and beaten an Alabama who you had as a top six team, it just shows you it's like, okay, well, maybe Florida State has had some hiccups down the road, but they actually are a good football team. I, I feel like Notre Dame's kind of similar. Um, you know, first-year head coach, you know, Brian Kelly has been there since – I don't even know when, how long he his tenure was at Notre Dame. So those first two games of the year, really Freeman's figuring out what it is to be a head coach, what it is to coach more than just the defense, you know, what it kind of takes to, to have a complete game plan. And, you know, like we talked about, you don't lose a embarrassing game to Marshall and you don't slip up and lose that game to Stanford. You really could be talking about, Notre Dame as one of your top four or five teams. So I definitely believe that they deserve to get in as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the committee thinks about Clemson. I, I know we all kind of have a vendetta against Clemson and, and you know, dropping them to 15. Uh, maybe I'm a little harsh, but it'll be interesting to see what the committee kind of thinks because right now they just don't have an offense and then their defense didn't show up to play. So all of a sudden they don't have anything, and they had a punt block. So special teams over three, they didn't win a single phase of the game. Yeah, yeah, and and you know they 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 took out you know DJ put in Klubnik, or you know and and then he goes and turns the ball over and they yank him right back out there. So you know it, it just just was not a good look. 
But, you know, when, when you talk about Notre Dame, Notre Dame's hot right now. And they are, you know, they're, they're playing some good football. I wish that Notre Dame today could play the Ohio State team today. I think it would be a different situation than it was, you know, coming up that, that first game of the year. And then you take a look at LSU, the same thing when you're just talking about they have a new head coach. You know, you got to get used to a system. And Brian Kelly's gone down there, and he's he has those guys believing right now. Jaden Daniels was not playing very well at the beginning of the year. And now you've got a really, really good Jaden Daniels. And and look at, you know, look at Brian Kelly. He was just like, look, I, I'm going to I'm going for this win. You know, this is this is Alabama. You know, everybody said there's no way even, you know, David Pollack, you know, comes in there and says, you know, uh, Brian Kelly and LSU, they're not ready to you know beat Alabama right now. And, you know, Brian Kelly basically gives the middle finger to to, uh, to to David Pollack and all those other guys that didn't think that they were you know prepared to, you know, to come through and win. So. Um, I do think that right now those teams are playing some really, really good football and they deserve to move up. But then again, like I said, it's, you know, it, it, it's those, uh, you know, things that hurt them earlier in the season that's, you know, that, that's actually coming to bite them. I want to wrap this thing up real fast. One last thought here. What What is your thoughts on a college football playoff without Bama and more than likely without Clemson? What are y'all's thoughts on that? I'm loving it. I'm yeah. loving it. I mean, I think I think it's part of the reason that people push for the playoff, and I think it's one of the hard things about the expansion because right now with the expansion, Alabama's still in, and so is probably Clemson. And I think that's the thing that um, that's the thing I worry about with the twelve the twelve team system coming in is just that you know you're talking about a Alabama's two loss. They're you know if they win out ten and two, they're in. If you know LSU's probably in, Ole Miss is probably in, Tennessee's probably in, Georgia's probably in. You're gonna have six SEC teams staring you in the face at at oh the automatic bid two lane. Like okay, good luck. That's a loss <laughs> right out of the gate. Like you know automatic win. Whoever USC, Oregon, UCLA, whoever you want to pick there. Not saying that Oregon. I mean Oregon has impressed for sure, but it, it, I don't know it. The four feels good. I'm, I'm still upset that we're going to 12. That just seemed like a really, really big jump really quickly. You can't go back. Yeah. Juan, what do you think about Clemson and Bama not being in the playoffs? I I mean, I love it. I mean, you know, this year Clemson is trash. Uh, That's just me, even though, you know, they, they play a week schedule. They still have UNC left. You know, Alabama, again, like Kobe said, everybody was touting them as just the greatest, you know, team on earth. And, you know, it's just not happening for them. So it's it's, it's great to see. I think it's great for college football. You're going to have two new people in. I think Oregon gets in. They have a tough, tough game against uh, Utah. So they, they've got to beat Utah. They beat Utah. They win the Pac-12. You know, I, I think that they get in. And they would love to have a rematch against Georgia. Uh, the difference is going to be – I think it may be fifty-six to three instead of forty-nine to three because we, you know, we, we, you know, we let up on the uh, off the gas a little bit. But if we have an opportunity to play Oregon mm-hmm. again, I think it's going to absolutely just be a beatdown, especially with the focus of a playoff. Oh yeah, yeah. Hot, hot take: Next time you play Oregon, you could be playing the Heisman finalist. Oh Still. yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, if well one deserved, thing, well if one thing Bo Nix has done for us this year, it has been dominate after we dominated him. 
because yeah. they've looked unreal. And to say that he hasn't looked like one of the best four players in the country, I mean, you're just not watching football. Uh, you're, not, yeah. you're not wrong there. Big game. Two, two <clears throat> passing, two rushing, and then one receiving last week. I mean, and, and he's averaging four, five, six touchdowns a game. I mean, he, Stupid. he's Stupid. – he's, and I bet you he's so happy to not be at Auburn right now. And that stat line screams, we have a guy that we think could be in the Heisman talk. Two, you know, three different kinds of a touchdown in one game. It's like, what can't this guy do? Right. With that being right. said, folks, with that being said, there's a lot of college football left. But we're going to wrap this thing up for today. So let your Vol fans know. Just exactly how it feels to smoke that vault back, by the way. Shout, uh, shouts out to Dog Nation for coming in hot and heavy uh, in Sefer Stadium. You answered the call, and we come away with a dub. And I, listen, I think I think all of us can say that we played a big part in that. So shouts out to that. Let's celebrate. It's Victory Monday, folks. You just beat the number one team in the country. No biggie. Um, you know, now you sit there. We wait to see what happens with the college football playoffs. With that being said, Juan, Kobe. Let's wrap this thing up and uh, get ready for Wednesday's show, sir. I'll see y'all. Yes, sir. I'm with you on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun, folks. I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, with that being said, have a great day. And, as always, go dogs. Go dogs.